Hello and welcome to the Divorced Dadvocate, where we help dads create a healthier and less traumatic divorce. My name is Jude Sandoval. I am your host. Thank you for listening in today. I much appreciate it. Today, we're going to be chatting about self-worth. Yes, self-worth. It, uh, I was prompted today to talk about this from our men's uh, Divorce Dads group meeting we just uh, got done with uh, not long ago. And I was struck by, it was, it was just interesting. We've been doing this long enough now that we've got uh, a, a lot of men that have uh, been through now the divorce process or out of it, maybe months or some, you know, down, down the road a year or two. And also obviously new men that are coming in uh, to the process or coming into the group and just going through the process. And so I was noticing today that there, there seems to be, well, there doesn't seem to be, there is, and, and I experienced this as well, this, this challenge to our self-worth when we go through this difficult, this difficult process of, of divorce. And, and, but then what I was also noticing today is that the men that have gone through it, that have taken the time to do the work have really come to grow in their self-worth. So that's why today's, uh, today's uh, show is called Self-Worth. Maybe I'm not, as, I'm, I'm, I'm not that bad, <laughs> which is, is kind of the thoughts. That, like that was the thought I had when, when I was going through mine, like what is wrong with me or, or what's going on? And, and you know, why didn't she want to be with me or this or that or, or something else? But before we dive into this, I, I do want to remind everybody that we have the divorce quiz up on the website. We're getting a lot of people um, taking it and going through it. This, you know, there's these stages that we go through in the divorce that we talk about a lot of the times that we talk about in the workshops as well as the classes. And this divorce quiz is a really great tool to help you kind of gauge where you are at in the process compared with other people who have gone through it. And this self-worth part is one of them that we go through and is one of the parts of the assessment also. So jump on, it's at the divorcedadvocate.com and just click on the tab that is divorce quiz, go through it. It's gonna take about 15, 20 minutes and it'll immediately spit out some results for you. And then if you want, we can talk about those results in, uh, in a, a private session uh, as well. There's a link uh, in there as well that you'll get emailed. So take advantage of that. That's, uh, it's an awesome resource and tool to kind of gauge, especially if you're just considering or going through the process now, kind of gauge where you're at and, and how you're feeling about these things and, um, and, and be able to monitor those and, and really put together a plan for, for where you want to go. So self-worth, maybe I'm not so bad after all. So, you know, as you're going through this process and adjusting to this, let's, let's call it a crisis. It is a crisis, right? You're going to start to feel better about yourself. And that's what I was just mentioning about the, the guys that's, uh, that I'm noticing that are, that are through the process and kind of out the, the back end of it a little bit more. They've, they've gone through some of the, the steps to this, the first one being dealing with all of those emotions that come up and, and understanding what's happening with those and, and creating a way to, to learn to, to deal with them in a healthy manner. The next part being understanding what your process was and what your part of 
the uh, ending of the marriage or the relationship was. And then one of these next ones is really learning to and assessing your self-worth and, and building back up that, that self-worth and learning that. So what we're going to talk about today is 11 steps to um, creating a greater self, uh, self-esteem or self-worth. And we're going to talk about these specifically and give you some ideas around how to do that. And the first one being is you need to decide and make a decision that you want to make the change. So if you're listening to this, I think you've probably already started that process. You may have been seeking out a therapist or a coach or a friend or somebody or someplace to get some input into this process, into what's going on. I know that it's an overwhelming process because not only you're dealing with all these feelings and emotions that are coming up, that you've got kids, you've, you don't know, it's uncertain, you don't know what's going to happen through the divorce process. Hopefully, a lot of us haven't gone through this more than one time, so we just don't know what to expect. So that's what the divorce advocate community is all about, is being here and sharing uh, our stories and being a place of support and resources for you. So, but making, you know, engaging in that is the first, first step, engaging in making that change. And now there's this concept though, that you just do that in your mind. And that's absolutely not true. They're starting to, to find and research is starting to support that your actions will actually lead you to that change happening. And then your personality will will change based upon you taking the action. So that first step is that critical one, is making up your mind and actually taking the action to do it. So sign up for one of the workshops, sign up for one of the group meetings and and get involved in it. Sign up for one of the uh, free sessions to just talk about what you've got going on and maybe uh, strategize on, uh, on on a roadmap or a process for which you can can start down this uh, down this road, um, or just be able to get out and, and share your feelings. At the very least, support find people around you to support you in in doing that. If you don't have the means for a therapist, there's also a therapist or a coach. There's also twelve uh, step groups and other kinds of meetings, churches, etc., that offer lots of opportunity. But make that uh, make that decision that you are going to do that that is absolutely key because the rest of the 10 steps we talk about if you haven't made that decision it is not going to even it, it just won't work number two change the way you look at yourself all right this is this can be a little bit challenging right because here's the thing 50 percent of what your uh, self-worth or your self-image is just hereditary you've 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 just inherited it and the other 50 percent is learned through your childhood and early adults relationships and life and actually for me that's good news right because you didn't have control over it right like i always talk about the fact that i was codependent and it wasn't one day that i just woke up and I saw an advertisement on TV about being codependent. <laughs> not like not like when you're trying to change your lifestyle and you want to get fit and you see a, a commercial and you decide to go get. I didn't just decide, well, let's, you know, I, I think I want to be a little, I, I want to start being codependent, right? This stuff just happened. It, you didn't sign up for it. You didn't decide to do this. It's partly inherited. It's partly learned. And this is just kind of the way that 
that you've become and that's okay but now you're aware of it so now you have the opportunity to do something and make some changes around that so in order to make that change I'll give you, I'm, I'm gonna to try to give one brief tip that, that I've used personally myself and that I've coached clients in using in um, that other people have found effective in, in helping you through this and, and working on improving your, your self-worth and your self-image. And that this one is write down every morning. So we talk about journaling all the time on, on the show here and, and what a positive of that is. Write down the first thing in the morning if during your journaling, or even if this might be your first, this might be your first thing to start journaling and do this as you're, you're beginning to journaling and just write 10 things that you like about yourself. Now, okay, I'm going to be honest. Sometimes 10 might be challenging to start out, right? Until you start building up that muscle of appreciating things about yourself. So start writing and that can be just, I like, the fact that I am making an effort to journal and, and write 10 things about my, uh, that I like about myself and keep doing that. Keep doing that for, we talk about the 21 days to, to create a habit and 90 days to create a lifestyle change. Keep doing that every day for 21 days. It'll become a habit. And if you can keep that up, then, then maybe you can expand your journaling also and start to write more about the things that you like about yourself instead of just making a list. So that's number that's number two. Number three, read positive things about yourself aloud to others. All right, so this kind of goes in conjunction with that, that, that 10 items and writing the 10 items down that you like about yourself. And it also goes in uh, conjunction with that first one, which is find a community of people that you can surround your, yourself with and not necessarily people, but somebody, some, you know, uh, even if it's just a person or a friend that you can talk to and communicate with because it's critically important. You, you can't silo yourself. You can't go, you can't just be by yourself in this. You need to have some support. So um, you can take that list and it might be an awkward conversation in the beginning the first time, but just say, I want to read this list to you so that what you're doing is you're hearing it out loud from yourself. Okay. So it's one thing writing it's tactile. You're putting it on paper. You're processing it through your, through your, through your thoughts and through your mind. But this next part is audibly hearing yourself say that. So what you're doing is you're reprogramming your mind because that 50% where we learned in childhood or early adulthood, that's, you know, we don't have some, some sense of self-worth or, or our self-worth is low came from some external, uh, um, external um, influence. And that may have been somebody saying stuff to you verbally. So what you're doing here is you are reprogramming your, your neurons to believe what it is that you're hearing. So by saying that out loud, it is uh, it is a positive. I'll give actually, I'll, and I'll give a second tip to this one. This is a bonus, all right? Uh, another way to do this, and and this has worked. I I really like this, and I've used this for years and years, and I've found it to be phenomenal. I've had many clients that have used this too, and it is just a really easy passive way to do this. And that is when you go to sleep at night, find some headphones that are comfortable if you're rolling around on your pillow. And then turn a um, tune into there's all these YouTube channels where you can do self affirmations. And it's literally 
somebody's saying positive affirmations to you while you're sleep, while you sleep. And so what you're doing is you're taking all of these years or maybe like decades, right, of these negative affirmations you were getting that have created this uh, this challenging, uh, this challenges to your self-worth that 50% and you're reprogramming it by somebody saying it to positive ones over and over again. And your subconscious does not know the difference. Your subconscious doesn't know that it was your, it's not your parents saying somebody or your spouse or your child. It just subconscious hears those positive affirmations and I'll tell you, it, it helps with sleep. It helps you are going to wake up refreshed. It is an absolutely amazing way to do it. So that's also a, a great way to do it. In addition to don't not do the ones where you're saying them to yourself, because what you're doing there is you're, you're helping to, to reparent yourself by saying to yourself what the things are that you do like. So that's number three. Number four, Re-examine your relationships and change the ones that are not serving you. So this, this is a time where you have one relationship that may be not necessarily fully falling by the wayside because you'll still be co-parenting with, uh, with your, your soon-to-be ex or, or your ex, but um, there's going to be other relationships also that it's a good time to just Take us take a look at and see. Some of this is going to happen without your without your prompting. And, and when I say that, I mean some of the friendships that you've had are going to either change or just go away completely during this process. And this is one of the things we talk about often in the in the group meeting, uh, especially with some of the some of the men that are already finished with the divorce process and they're starting life post divorce. And wondering, oh, where did my friends go? And now my, you know, I'm single, and now my marriage friends don't want to hang out with me. And now this all feels kind of weird. And and so it's a really good time to be analyzing. And and this goes for analyzing family too, okay? Because family is part of that uh, that input, that external influence I mentioned that is that is having an impact on your feelings of self worth. So. Analyzing family in this is as as important as anybody else that's in your relation or in your in your life, and you've heard the you've heard the the phrase you're the the sum total of the three people that you surround yourself with. So maybe use that as kind of a a litmus test or a, or a measuring stick for kind of where you're at in relationships and the quality of relationships that you've surrounded yourself with. And then make the necessary adjustments that are going to be beneficial and healthy for you in this process. Again, this can be challenging with family because it's, it's, it's tough to look at and say, wow, my family has really contributed to a lot of these challenges to my self-worth and I need to surround myself, particularly in this process, with people that are going to lift me up, that are going to support me and help me through this process. And that may not always be your family. So if that's the case, there's, again, the 12-step groups, there's Codependents Anonymous, there's uh, Al-Anon, there can be any one of these 12-step groups that, that are out there that can help you kind of look at your family of origin issues that are going on and assess those and, and have a systematic process for really diving into those. 
So that's step four. Step five, get rid of the negative self-thoughts in your head. Now, that sounds so much easier than, than, uh, than it actually is. It's real easy to say that. But the first step in that is taking stock of your thoughts on a regular basis. And I heard this story once, and it was really fascinating to me. And it was, well, if you had, let's use, for instance, uh, a, a circumstance where, say, um, somebody wasn't texting you or say the, the, your, your wife or girlfriend wasn't texting you and you start having these thoughts about why that's happening. Is she out you know, with somebody? Is she cheating on me? Does she not care about me? Does she uh, have no respect for me? And then, like we start going through and ruminating and getting these crazy, crazy thoughts uh, about stuff. And then we found out the, her cell phone died or she lost her cell phone or she got in an accident or whatever it may be have, that have uh, prevented her from talking to us. And then we just go, oh, okay. But, but we fail to realize that we've like taking this crazy train ride in our heads on all of these scenarios and had that been somebody that was an external influence, let's say a therapist that was telling you all of this stuff externally, like we were telling ourselves in our mind, we'd say that person is absolutely unfit to be giving me any advice. I need to stop listening to them completely and get rid of that therapist or coach or friend or, or, or whatever and, and go find a new one. Except when we do it to ourselves, we just listen to it. And so being that conscious observer of your thought of your thoughts is that first step to stop listening to those negative thoughts. And, and the way that you do that is just when you get something that comes in that's uncomfortable, stop and say, is this really true? Is this really true? Is this thought really true? The next thing to say is, is this my thought? Is this something that I like believe, like I was talking about the, the, the codependency? Like, do I really think that I'm not, uh, I'm not respected? Or is that something that was, you know, I learned somewhere else or I learned from an external influence? So just be the conscious aware, the conscious uh, observer of your thought processes so that then you can stop those negative you, those thoughts. And maybe not stop is the good word, but maybe let them pass, right? Because we're going to still have this stuff come up. So you want it to come up. And if you identify, look, this is not my thought. This is not, I'm, I'm not not respected. I'm, I'm respected or this crazy thought. You can just let it pass and go away. But you're the one in control. You've controlled it. And you have the ability to let that pass or take stock to into it and then you know do an analysis of it if necessary the point being is you have the control over that negative thought so that's number 5 number 6 write positive notes to yourself and read these affirmations so these are a good one and so maybe i should have uh, uh, up this on the list a little bit around that uh, 2 and 3 where, we're, where I was talking about uh, writing the I like st statements about yourself, the 10, and then also saying them 
writing the notes also. And so what we're doing again, we're reprogramming the, the, the brain through a different medium. So we're taught, we're doing it tactily and by writing, we're doing it by listening. And now we're doing it by, by, vi by vision, visually, right? We're listening or we're, we're seeing and we're reading this, uh, this self affirmation and it can be whatever it is. You can, um, you know, part of those 10 lists, you can read again at the end of the day, or if you want to take some of those little sticky note cards and write those, those 10 on sticky note cards and, and put them on your, your mirror. I've got a big giant mirror in my bathroom, so I can put just a million sticky notes and I can read through them. I've got signs that are up around those so that I'm reminded to look at those and read those uh, every day and remind myself of what those affirmations are. So again, you're reprogramming those neurons in your brain to fire a different way, a positive way, a positive way in thinking about your, um, your self-worth and your, um, your self-esteem. So number seven, open yourself up to hearing positive comments from others. Wow, this, and, and, and there's a reason this one's a little further down the list. And this was, this was challenging for me because if you don't hear those a lot when you're growing up and you don't get positive reinforcement or positive affirmation from people, when you do, it's really uncomfortable. One of the things that we do in, uh, in the class, the uh, Dad's Divorce Blueprint, is we do this uh, exercise where we share uh, positive things that we have seen and, we, and that we've come to know about each of the members in, in the class, because oftentimes we don't see this stuff ourselves, but it's readily obvious to other people that are listening and watching you all the positive things that, that, that you bring to not only the class, but life and your children and, and everything else. So uh, we, we share a time where we talk about that. And, and so this is a really important thing because, again, hearing this from somebody else, and that's where it's good to have, have this community. So, again, if you haven't signed up and if you haven't come to any one of the divorced dads uh, group meetings, come because we're talking about that, too. And there's a lot, you know, that we share when we see positive things. We always call out positive things with each other when when we see them, when somebody does something well, so somebody handles a great situation, somebody's putting a, an immense amount of effort uh, into something, we're always commending each other and, and giving uh, props and kudos to each other through that process. And so, again, it's a great space to be because we're all going through that, uh, this challenging process together. And, and those of us who aren't have been through it. And so we can see things uh, as well and share some of our insights uh, as well. So, uh, but again, at the very minimum, have a friend or have a group that you go to that you can ask for some of the positive reinforcement. And oftentimes you're probably not gonna even have to ask, people are gonna see it. And the fact that you're showing up and you're making the effort is a huge, huge thing that you're going to get that positive reinforcement from others. Number eight, make a specific change in your behavior. So what do I mean about a specific change in your behavior? That can be as simple as what I talked about in the beginning, which is making that decision to change and then actually taking, you know, making the, you know, making the behavioral change. 
So that could be, I'm going to journal every morning or, or like I said, that could be the, I'm going to write 10 things I like about myself every morning. So actually take the change. And I talked about that. I jumped ahead a little bit. I talked about that in conjunction with number one, because it goes with number one, but uh, it is further down the, the, the list. And I, and I should group those back together also, because just not making it in your mind, actually taking the, uh, taking the initiative and doing the action is critical, but just start with something small. Don't, you don't change your whole life, okay? And don't make a bunch of changes all at once. Start with one small thing, 21 days, make it a habit, 90 days, becomes a lifestyle change, and then start something new. So start the 10 question or the, the 10 affirmations that you write every day, do it for 21 days, then start something new. That next one can be, you know, I'm giving you a big list here, okay? So let me just reiterate, don't do this all at once, okay? You've got a ton of go, going on. You're not looking to make wholesale change all at once. You'll actually, you'll, you'll make yourself crazier doing it. Take one thing at a time, 21 days, do it, implement it. Some stuff will work, some stuff you'll like, you'll keep, some stuff you'll throw out, but then just keep doing something new and make that change each time. All right, that's number eight. Number nine, and this came up this morning on our group in our group meeting, which I, I, I had an immense amount of respect for one of the gentlemen that, that brought this up. And this, and this was give and get more hugs. So it came up today in the context of what our love languages are. And those of you not familiar with what love languages are, there's this concept that we have different ways in which we give and we accept love. And there's five different ways. One of them is physical touch. And so they have a quiz. You can go online. You can, if you just Google love languages, you can do a quiz and kind of find what your top love languages are. And um, physical touch is, is, is one of the love languages. So there's a high percent, there's a large percentage of people out there, male and female, that physical touch is one of the top. I think for me, it's my second is, is a very important thing in, in life is having physical physical touch. And we're just wired as human beings to need physical touch. There's a lot of research around this with infants and infants that are, that are touched and held in skin to skin contact. And then infants that were uh, perhaps in orphanages and not held and not loved and, and didn't get that physical touch and the, the impact that they've had. The physical touch always has a positive influence and impact. So giving and getting hugs is really, really huge. I like, I, I like to hug. I'm a hugger. That's, I mean, that's just me. But again, if you can surround yourself with people, for me, I have three daughters and it's great. I give them a hug every single morning and, uh, and I give them a hug every single night before they go to bed. And that's a, that's a very, that's a bare minimum for me because I want them to know you know, that it's okay to have and need that physical touch and we all need it. And that's something that might be a challenge right now in going through this process, this divorce process that you may have had somebody that, that was there for you to be able to do that. And now you don't have that person there anymore and you still long and, and you need it. Um, some of the other things along this line that maybe 
if you don't have somebody that you feel comfortable that you can just give and receive hugs from uh, on a regular basis is going and doing something like getting a massage. So you do still have that, that physical touch of somebody that, that helps you with, uh, uh, with those feelings and with those feelings of self-worth and, and, and feeling like you have some, uh, some connection with somebody. Now it's okay. It's a, it's a paid connection, right? But it is somebody that cares enough that they've dedicated their lives to making people feel better through, uh, through massage therapy and they're trained to do that. So that does also uh, help and, and, and get the, the same ends that you're looking for by doing that. It's just through a different means and that's perfectly all right to do it that way as well. All right, that's number nine. Number 10 is work hard at meaningful communication with others. So this is important, critically important, um, because during this, during this process, in having meaningful communication with others, that's where you're going to start getting that feedback, that feedback that I just talked about in our, in our Divorce Dads group meeting, where you're getting meaningful feedback from somebody that's looking at your circumstance externally and is not in it. Now, again, sometimes friends aren't the best ones to give some of this, but still, even if you're having meaningful communication with them and having heartfelt conversations about stuff, that you're going to get some, some good feedback on that. And, and, and this dives in, and I may as well just lump this into the, the number 11, which is our final one, which is Find a therapist or a coach or both to help you through this meaningful conversation and talking about these things because then starting to communicate about these things is going to be one of those next steps that I talked about. So I talked about dealing with the emotions, understanding your part in, in, the, in, in this process and in the, in the divorce, learning to feel, to feel uh, you know, better self-worth and positive feelings about yourself. Learning to communicate then is another one or communicate more effectively and have some meaningful um, communication with people is going to be the next one because if you're going through this process, if this relationship has ended, there's been some sort of breakdown in communication. Whose fault that may have been, who knows? But it is not. It has not been to the level where we were able to continue with the relationship. So there is always some uh, some amount of increased um, ability to learn to 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 communicate in a in a better way in a better form that can happen through this process. And so that's why it's key to make sure to start to develop that now. And that's why it's good to do it with a with a therapist and a coach who um, are trained, have seen this a lot, can, can point things out, but can also help you, know, help you through this process as opposed to a friend, which is good to listen to, or a family member is good to listen and get their feedback on stuff, but aren't always neutral and always are going to have a, a bias on this. The other thing is they're not trained to help you learn to be more effective uh, in your communication. Uh, and, and one of those, and I'll, and, and I'll close with this because it's absolutely a life-changing uh, way of, of conducting your, your ways of communication. And that's nonviolence 
communication. And if you Google that, and, and I'll put some, I'll put this stuff in the show notes also, nonviolent communication. It's a way of communicating that is more effective than anything that I've ever found out there. And it's really fantastic. And it allows to, to open up channels with others. And this can work in not only in your personal life with people, but in your professional life also. And it's, and it's, a, it's a non-confrontational way of sharing what it is you're feeling, stating what your needs are, and then opening up that communication with somebody else in order for it to be a positive net result of the communication, as opposed to a lot of times what we get into, which is, you know, those, those conversations that end, end up being like loops of going over the same stuff without any kind of resolution or arguments or hurt feelings and saying stuff that we shouldn't have or somebody saying stuff that hurts us. This is just an absolute amazing way to, to mitigate any and all of that stuff. It's called nonviolent communication. And if, and, and if you haven't heard of it, if you've got a therapist, if you've got a coach, chat with them about it as well. They more than likely have heard about it. And maybe you are or not in that place to start working on and talking about this. I can't imagine there's ever a bad time to start working on it because it is a truly remarkable tool that can, um, that can impact your life so incredibly positively in the future. In, uh, and also with your kids, communicating with your kids. I've taught it to, to my daughters and, have, um, and, and we've worked through learning how to do that too. And it's a great effective tool for them as they grow up and they minor become minor teens and you know learning how to communicate better with their peers and teach their peers it just proliferates in 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 with more people and it's something that we're not taught growing at least i wasn't taught and i know a lot of the men i talk with weren't taught on how to effectively communicate with uh, with other people so that's the those are 10 10 and 11 work hard at meaningful communication with others and find a therapist or a coach to help so those are the seven steps. Self-worth, you are, <laughs> you're not as bad as you thought or, or what was the, the, the stop? Maybe I'm not so bad after all, right? You're not. I mean, it's, this is a great time of reflection. We are broken open. I commend the fact that you're here and that you're listening to this. If you listen through this this far, absolutely amazing. We're going to have some more workshops coming up that are based upon the, the Dad's Divorce Blueprints class that is also coming up in August. August 22nd, I think, is the next, uh, the next class that's starting in the next six weeks, six week class. And then uh, the divorce dads or the um, divorce quiz on the website, check that out, get a gauge of where you're at, even if, uh, even if you're already divorced and you're listening to this, where you're at compared to some other people. And uh, let's sit down and, and let's chat about it. So lastly, if you have found some value in this, please share with other divorced dads or even women that you know, because the women in our lives also have brothers and they have uh, sons that may be going through a divorce. So share this with everybody that you know, the divorce advocate community, so that everybody can be spreading this out to, to more and more uh, divorce or divorcing dads so that we can get them the help that, that they need and you know we'll just be doing a service. We'll be paying it forward to everybody that's um, you know that's going through this process. Like our pages, share the pages, 
write a comment. Comments help immensely, uh, as well as reviews help immensely on any one of the podcast platforms that you might be listening to um, as well. So thanks again for listening, and I will talk with you next week.